Crisis brings questions. And the bigger the crisis, the bigger the questions tend to be. That's why in this coronavirus crisis situation that we find ourselves still in, so many people are asking questions, and they're beginning to ask bigger questions. I mean, think about it in your own life. Okay, coronavirus aside, think about it in your own life, the things you face. You go through difficulties, and some of you are facing difficulties right now. Inevitably, you find yourself looking at the situation you're in and asking and wondering, why? What's the purpose of this? This thing you're going through, this thing you're facing. And if this thing that you're facing is big enough and lasts long enough and is hard enough, you might not just ask, what's the purpose of this thing I'm going through? You might begin asking a bigger question. What's the purpose of anything? What's the purpose of everything? What's the purpose of all of this? I don't know of a better time to come back to the big picture of things than in times of crisis, because that's, like I said, that's naturally where we want to go with our questions. And that's why we're doing this series. In this series, we're going to back up and kind of get a 30,000-foot view of some of the bigger questions that inevitably we begin to wrestle with. Bigger questions than just why are things going wrong in my life and, and why aren't things working out the way I want and what's the purpose of this, this moment. No, I'm talking about bigger, bigger, bigger things. Like today, questions like this. How did we get here and why? Okay, not just how did we get here in this moment. How did we get here in this crisis. No, how did we get here at all? Bigger picture. And why? Why are we here? How did we get here on this planet? How did we get here in this life? And and why? Because I'm just telling you, when you begin to answer the question, how did we get here? It'll begin to clarify the why that we are here. And when you begin to answer the question, why we are here, It begins to clarify and determine everything else in every crisis, in every moment, every day of our lives. Eventually, you're going to wonder the big questions. And so today, we're starting with this. How do we get here and why? Now, inevitably, when this question comes up, the context of the origins of the universe, the origins of the earth, the origins of this planet, the origin and the beginning of humanity and civilization, these questions also come up. And we're not going to be able to dive into the details of those. Uh, we've done other series where we talk about those, and we'll come back to them in the future. But I do want to take just a moment here and just say just a couple of things. When it comes to the big question of how did we get here, how did this universe get here, what's the purpose of all of this, we do start wondering about the origins of the universe. How did it get here and when? And we all have different opinions and different understandings, even among Christians. Even among people who follow Jesus, there's different understandings and beliefs and assumptions and interpretations of the how did we get here and when did it occur. And especially there's differences between people that would be inside the church versus people outside the church. But let me say this. Let me just kind of throw this out there and you can chew on this later. But it's really not about, the the answer to the question, how did we get here, how did the universe get here, is not really about the Bible versus science. It's bigger than that. It's, It's not really about 
You got the Bible on one side, and this is what we find in the Bible about how we got here, and then you got science saying something else. No, 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 no. God is not at odds with science. I really believe that. I think the evidence shows that. God and science are not at odds. In fact, if you really study science, what I believe you'll find is that science actually uncovers how God did it. Science, not completely, not thoroughly, because God's that big, and science does have its limitations. However, science helps us uncover how God did things, how God does things. Here's one quick example. Think of the human body and the discoveries we've made with the human body. Think of the brain. Think of the eyeball, the human eye, and all of the detail and the intricacies of all of these things. I mean, it just helps us begin to discover, oh, wow, look what God did. Look how God did it. It's amazing. And that's what science helps us discover. So this is not about, when you talk about the origins of the universe, just know this is not about, you got the Bible on one side, God on one side, and, and you got science on the other. No, it's, it's not that. They, they work together. But what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes is, is that question focused a little bit further down to where you and I live. And however you want to understand the origin of the universe and how all that came about and how God directed all that and however you want to describe it and, and you know figure out the how and the when and all of that, that, that's very interesting stuff and we'll refer back to that. Here's a foundational belief that I want to start with. And it's not going to be a surprise to you. Uh, when, I, when I put this on the screen, you're, not gonna, you're probably not going to go, wow, I didn't know that, but this is so important. You're going to think this is not a big deal because you're going to think that you already know this, but just hang with me, hang with me. This is where we have to start when we answer the question, how did we get here and why? We are here because of God. You see what I mean? This is not a lightning flash moment where you're like, wow, I didn't know that. Wow, didn't see that coming. Wow, a pastor told us we are here because of God. Yeah, what's new? <laughs> yeah, we, but we're here because of God. you, you got to start there. We're here because of the will and the act and the volition of the divine. We are here because the divine ruler of heaven and earth, the author of all life, God, put us here. We are here because of Him. You are here because of God. I am here because of God. Everything is here because of God. Now, most people would agree with that general statement that we are here because of God. In fact, I believe most people in culture, most people in society would agree with that in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all here because of God. Now, they're not going to agree on the details, Right? Because not even everybody agrees how to describe God. Not everybody even agrees how to understand who God is and what God is like. Much less the details of how the universe came about and when and all of those things. In fact, there's even a group of people that don't agree with all, agree with it at all. Even though most people would say, yeah, we're here because of God. There are atheists. Right? People who say, no, we're not here because of God. God had nothing to do with it. And I've had friends who are atheists through the years. And I've spent a good bit of time talking with atheists, studying what atheists write, 
and going back and forth and, and listening and understanding. And you know what I've come to realize is that people who would deny this and say, no, we're not here because of God. We're here because of random this or uh, some other explanation in the universe, however they want to describe it. Typically, the rejection of us being here because of God comes on two fronts. Number one, it's most often because the atheist somewhere in their life has experienced something, encountered something, interacted with something in the world that they don't know how to explain, and they don't understand, and is hurtful to them, and is is misaligned with their idea and assumption of who God should be, would be, could be, must be, and so they reject God and the idea of God as the origin of it all. They look at the pain and the suffering, for instance, in the world, and they say, there cannot be a God because a good and loving God would fix all of that and stop all of that. Those are legitimate legitimate arguments, but there's good answers for those. And we've talked about a lot of those things in the past, but often an atheist is responding to something they've experienced in their life or in the world that they can't explain, so they they throw it all out and throw God out with it. On the other hand, sometimes I think atheists are atheists because they're trying to avoid, whether they realize it or not, avoid and dismiss the reality that the fact that there is someone to answer to, something, someone, a power, a God to answer to. And if they can dismiss the idea of God, then they free themselves of having to answer to whoever, whatever God is in their their minds. So, yeah, there are people who for whatever reason say, no, we're not here because of God. But most people, most people, I I believe most of the people that are watching right now, you would say, yeah, yeah, I I do believe we're here because of God. I, I know this. I already know this. Again, we may disagree on the details of how we all got here and when and what all that was like. But we would all conclude, yeah, we're here because God put us here. I already know that, Pastor. I already know that. You don't need to tell me that. I don't even know why I'm listening to this. I think I'm just going to go make a sandwich or go finish breakfast or something because I I, I already know that. Okay, you may know it factually, but my question for the rest of our time together, we're going to interact with whether or not we really know this functionally. Yeah, we know the facts, but how does it really impact the way we live? So however you want to describe it, however you want to explain it, however you want to understand it and interpret it, I'm telling you, we're here because of God. God did this. God did humanity. He started it. Most of the time when people describe the how and the when, They go to the very first chapter, the very first two or three chapters in the Old Testament scriptures, Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. And that's a beautiful passage. Uh, The creation account is a Hebrew poem. It's poetry. And you can see the rhythm of that poetry, especially in chapter 1. And it's, it's a beautiful piece, especially when it's understood in that light. However, I want us to take us, I want to take us to what I believe is the clearest. Probably the just most straightforward bottom line explanation of how we got here. How did all of this get here and why? And it's found in the New Testament. And John, one of Jesus' closest followers, wrote these words in John chapter 1. Through him, that is Jesus, he's talking about Jesus in this passage. It's very clear if you read the passage. 
Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Look at that. Pretty clear. Very straightforward. Through Him, everything was made. Everything got here. When you answer the question, you know, we're here. how did we all get here? How did this all get here? We got here because of God. Through Him, everything got here. And nothing got here without Him. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. And then he goes a little bit further and describes it like this. He said, in Him, in Jesus, was life. Now, he's not just talking about spiritual life, right? Quality of life. This is physical life. In Him, in Jesus, in the divine, is the essence of life in every way. And that life was the light of all mankind. All mankind. All mankind, whether they believe in God or not, whether they follow Jesus or not, they're still recipients of life because God gave them life. I think that's clear. I mean, what what could be clearer? But what you see in here is not just the fact, but you begin to see intent and reason for it all. So when we start asking the question, hey, when did the universe begin? And how did the universe get here? And how did we all get here? Those are great questions. It's interesting discussion. But I want to propose to you that that's not the main point. That's not the most important thing. When we got here, whether it's thousands of years ago or millions of years ago, or and, and, and how, how did it take place? Was it a seven-day thing? Was it a little bit longer? Was it gradual over time? Was it somewhere in between? Those are important things, but they're not the most important thing. When and how is important and interesting discussion, but the most important thing is why. How did we get here and why? The most important thing is purpose. Because if you're not careful, especially Christians, listen, and I know Christians because I am a Christian and I've been a Christian my whole life just about. I've been working with Christians my whole life just about. We get so distracted on explaining the when and the how, the when and the how, the when and the how, we all got here, that we miss the why. And the why is the point. The why is the big point of it all. And that's what I want us to focus on. So let me set it up like this. God made everything on purpose for a purpose. On purpose for a purpose. See, there's intentionality behind everything that you see. Intentionality and a reason for all of this. Even if you go back, and we didn't take the time to read it, but even if you go back to Genesis 1 and 2, that that poem, that Hebrew poem of the creation account Uh, You'll see that rhythm, God said and let there be, God said and let there be. There's intentionality there. There is a reason God said and let there be. Naturally, when there is a reason, we want to know why. How did this all get here? God put it here. Then why did God put us all here? See, purpose, on purpose, For a purpose. What is that purpose? See, the problem we face in life, and we're going to be really unpacking this next week, but the problem we face in life is when we try to go through life without focusing on the purpose of life. When you go through life and you're not considering what God's purpose is and how it relates to the purpose that you're living for, then then you get all out of whack. When the purpose for which I'm living does not align with the purpose for which God put me here to live, then something's not adding up. And no wonder it doesn't work right. 
In fact, I'm going to go so far as to say it's when you lose sight of purpose, you lose meaning in life. And I think that's what a lot of people are experiencing in life. You hear people say, I just don't have meaning. I'm looking for meaning. I'm searching for meaning. Well, here's the deal. When you discover purpose, you understand meaning. You discover meaning. And when you begin to find purpose, you find meaning. And if you lose sight of purpose, no meaning. So what is the purpose? Let's take the last bit of time we have together. So this is, this is where we are. How did we all get here and why? How did we all get here? We're here because of God. God put us here. He made everything on purpose, for a purpose. So what is that purpose? Why? Well, let's go a little bit further. What's the why of God's purpose of putting us all here to begin with? Let me take you back to a moment in the first century where Paul the Apostle is in Athens, Greece. Specifically in Athens, he's at a place called Mars Hill, also called the Areopagus. And he is there debating and talking with the philosophers and thinkers and educators of the day. And this is where people would come to kind of argue the big questions of life. Specifically, Paul is talking to the Epicurean and the Stoic philosophers about God. And in Acts chapter 17, I'm going to share some excerpts with you about how he explained who God was to these philosophers. And his explanation gives us a clue into the purpose for which God made everything and why He put us here. This is what Paul says. The God who made the world and everything... See, that kind of goes back to what John was saying. Everything was made by Him. Nothing was made that wasn't made by Him. So, the God who made the world and everything in it, He Himself gives everyone life and breath. Everyone. That's so amazing. God is just a God of love who gives everyone life and breath, even people who don't acknowledge the fact that their life and breath came from God. Everyone life and breath. And not just everyone, and everything else. So he just kind of starts the whole thing with that God is responsible for everything you see. And then he unpacks it with a little detail. He says, for instance, from one man, God, He made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. You see, in other words, he's saying God has controlled this whole thing from beginning to present time and will continue. So he's given them the big picture of who God is. And now here's where we get to the why, the purpose. God did this so that, a so that means a why, here's the purpose, they would seek him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He's not far from any one of us. There's the purpose. So God wants to be connected with His creation. God wants a connection and a relationship with those that He has put here, people like me and you and everyone and everything. God wants there to be a connection with everyone and everything to Himself. And then Paul does something very interesting. He actually quotes a Cretan philosopher named Epimenides, and they would know this. As soon as he said this next phrase, they would immediately, these very educated men, make this connection to what he was saying. And Paul says, For in him we live and move and have our being. For in him, in God, this God that he was explaining to them, the God that made everything and everyone and everything else, the God that He wants you to search for Him and find Him, not because He's far away. No, He's close. He's close. He's closer than you think, and He wants to be connected with you. This God, in Him we live 
and we move, we do things, and we have our being. And then he goes on to explain that the proof of all of this is the fact that God's Son, Jesus, (laughs) resurrected from the dead. But there's two words, two words that I want to point to to describe the purpose, okay? Okay, Let's review. We're here because of God. How do we get here and why? How do we get here and why? We're here because of God. And God made everything on purpose for a purpose. Well, what is that purpose? Why are we here? I want to give you two words. I want to go back to last week when we were actually finishing up the Life Hack series and pull these two words now and use them in a different context, but help, I think, you and I understand our purpose. The words be and do. Be and do. And the order of these is so important to talk about being and doing. And the order is so significant. Let's start with B. What's the purpose? And it came right out of what Paul just said in Athens. We read it. Is for us to understand that we are loved by God. God wants us to search for Him and find Him because in Him we live and move and have our being. He wants us to be present with Him. He wants us to understand that He is present with us. So what's the purpose of life? What's the purpose? Why are we all here and why? To be. To be loved by God and to be present with God because God loves us and God is with us. And He went so far to send His Son to prove that He is with us. In fact, His name, Emmanuel, means God is with us. And that's the foundation of everything. The foundation of everything is being, being loved by God as you are, knowing that God is present with us through Jesus Christ, no matter what your crisis, no matter what's going on in your life, being in relationship with God. That's what Paul was talking about. And Jesus makes that possible. When Jesus came and gave His life on the cross and rose from the dead, He made it possible. Paul said that's proof that the purpose for which this God made everything and everyone and everything else is to be connected with us, to be in relationship with us. It's about being. Our purpose is about being. And it's also about a second word, do. It's about doing. So in B, we are to be loved by and know that God, to be present with God, and then we get to the do. To love and be present with each other. To love and be present with each other. To actually do for each other what God has done for us. To actually join with Jesus' mission in sharing the love that we have received from Him. Be, then do. Here's what's fascinating to me about this. Is that when we do, do well... When we love and we are present with each other, when we do that well as a purpose of our lives, when we share the love of Jesus, it makes more people want to discover what it means to be. To be loved by God. Because a lot of people don't know what that's like. They don't realize that. And and it makes more people want to understand what it means, the fact that God is with them, to be present with God, for God to be present with them, to be connected with God, which is the purpose. So if you want to answer the question, How do we all get here? God put us here. Why? To be and to do. To have being and then to focus on doing. And let me say it again. The order is very important, and here's why. Because you and I often go right to the do. 
We go right to doing. We go right to just what we want to accomplish. And it's typical, right? We, we live our lives by what we achieve. Christians do this. You see this in churches, and, and, and this can get the best of us. When we define our lives by what we can accomplish, and we're busy, we're busy. It's like we're a part of this machine. No wonder we're exhausted. No wonder we've lost our meaning. No wonder we've lost the heart of all of this because we've skipped being and gone right to doing. And if you ask a lot of people, what's your purpose in life? They describe it with a do. They describe it with a doing. And you and I often describe our lives' purpose. We describe what we do. What's your purpose in life? Well, I am a pastor. Well, I am a doctor. Well, I am a teacher. Well, I am a mechanic, and we describe our purpose in life by what we do. Now, there's a place for do. There's a place for doing. There's a place for accomplishing and achieving and getting things done. But that is supposed to come out of being. The order is so important. We begin with being, because with being, this is who we are. This is the essence of how God created us. This B talks about our value and worth. B is to rest in the knowledge of who God created us to be. To worship Him. To be in relationship with Him. And when we are in proper relationship with God, it gives us a reason to do. It gives us a context to do. It gives the do meaning. It gives the do a purpose and a foundation. And if you're like me and like a lot of us, we want to skip the being because we really don't understand what all that's about. We get right to doing. I know what, I can, I know what I'm doing. I do this and I, and I work hard. And, so, and, and that's why so many people struggle when they lose a job. That's why so many of us struggle when, when career things don't work out and the things that we do don't work out the way we want. It's because we attach our, our person to what we do who we are to what we do. And so when what we do doesn't work out, life falls apart because we've skipped the be. We've skipped over the being. If our foundation, and I know these are big concepts, but see if you can get this. If the foundation of how we live begins with being loved by God, being present with God, and then whatever we do in anything we do flows out of that then we will discover purpose like never before and experience meaning like never before. So maybe what I should do is change this up here to, here's the purpose. How did we all get here? God put us here. Why? Here's the why. To be, then do. Be, then do. No matter what you face in life, the true purpose of all of life is to first be loved by God, be present with God, then do. Right? Love others. Share His love with others. Be present in life with others and accomplish these things. Be, then do. I think things like prayer and, and reading the Scriptures and worship and hopefully being involved in churches like the Summit are here to remind us these things are so important because they remind us to be, not just do. And to be first, then do. That's our purpose. Let me give you a question to ask yourself. 
And, and if everything else just sounds like philosophy, and man, this is so deep, and I'm not sure if I you know, understand, well, you may have to watch this again, and it, you may have to just kind of think this through a little bit, but if you get nothing else, get this last question, because this last question brings it all together. If you want to answer the question, how do we get here? Let's review. We're here because of God, and God put us here on purpose for a purpose. So what is that purpose? It's to be then do. And if you will learn to ask this question and think about life in terms of this question, it'll help you put all this together. And here's the question. How can I advance God's purpose? Well, why should I advance God's purpose? Because we're here because of Him. And He put us here on purpose, for a purpose. What are those purposes? To be loved by Him, to be present with Him, and then to love others, to do and to be present with them in life, whatever we do. How can I then take that purpose and live it out in my life? How can I advance God's purpose? Every day, on a daily basis, look at our calendar, look at our schedule, look at your, you know, whatever it is on your phone, or if if you keep a physical calendar, look at your schedule. Your list of to-dos And ask yourself, how can I advance God's purpose in that? And it's not just about doing and checking things off. Have you taken into account what it means to be in those moments? To understand that God loves you no matter what happens in those moments? And that God is present with you whether or not those moments work out the way you want them to work out? Whether what you've chosen to do has worked out the way you want? I mean, you look at your relationships and ask, how can I advance God's purposes in my marriage? I mean, what is God's purpose for my marriage? What is God's purpose for my family? How can I advance God's purposes in my relationships with my children? Is God's purpose my purpose? Is my purpose God's purpose? Is the purpose for which God put me here to be then do the purpose for which I'm living, really? Or am I just skipping over the being and just trying to get a lot of stuff done and finding meaning in what I accomplish? Problem, again, is that eventually what you try to accomplish is not going to work all all the way out the way you want and things are going to go wrong and things are going to fall apart unless you begin with the foundation of being who God created you to be with Him. Look at your finances and ask the same question. How can I advance God's purposes with the finances that He's entrusted to me, with the money that I have to work with in my life. Maybe it's not as much. It's probably not as much as you wish you had to work with. But whatever it is God has entrusted you to, entrusted with you financially, how can I advance God's purposes with that? You look at your job. You look at your problems. You look at your possessions. You look at everything and process it through this. Why? Because God put me here. I'm here because of Him. And He put me here on purpose for a purpose. What's that purpose? To be, then do. The order is very important. So how can I live that out? How can I advance God's purposes in my life? How can I live out God's purposes in my own purposes and bring my life's purpose into alignment with His purpose for me? Because we We're made for this. Let's pray. Father, thank you for 
the words in the scriptures that help us understand some of the big stuff. And when we go through crisis, whether it's a coronavirus or more specifically the things we face individually, as human beings, we want to know why. We want to know the purposes and we, and we want to try to figure things out. And often things get hard enough and they stay challenging enough, long enough that we start asking really, really big stuff. And I know I've often wondered, what's the purpose of all of it? What's the purpose of any of it? Why? Why did you put me here? And what am I supposed to do with all this? Father, help us to realize, even though we know it factually, we may not agree on all the details of the when and the how, but most all of us would agree that we're, we were put here by you. And so we're here because of you. And it's clear that you had intent. You put us here on purpose for a purpose. And so we want to know what that purpose is. And it's clear. It's to be loved by you and be present with you and then do by loving others and being present with each other, regardless of what our title is, regardless of what our background is. Father, help us to embrace your purposes and filter the purposes for which we're living through the reality of the purposes for which you put us here to live in the first place. And that's where we'll find meaning. And that's where we'll find fulfillment. And that is the thing that we were made for. To accomplish your purposes. Because your purposes, when they become our purposes, is what's best for us and what makes life really worthwhile. Help us to discover more than ever we were made for this. In Jesus' name, amen.